You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Good morning, WA. I'm Sean Kelly, and this is the World Football Programme on a very special day, the 29th of February. Don't get too many of those, so and particularly not on a Saturday, so that's quite good. Um, joining me in the studio, oh, sorry, first off, thanks to Frank and Jerry for a wonderful Songs for Ireland programme. Um, a couple of real professionals, those boys. Great to follow them. Um, joining me in the studio is Don Travolta. Evans, Don, Don I saw some video of you over the Ooh, closed season there, dear. a wedding. Yeah, that was you Tasha's a, wedding. You are a mover. I, mate, honestly, I, I had to go back to uh, my days at, uh, where, where was it, Hannibal's, Clouds, uh, Juliana's, when I was a, a, a fit 24-year-old player playing uh, at that time for Balcatter in Division one, I think we yeah. were, and uh, and mate, yes, I was fit, I was healthy, I could pull off those moves, and and Tash goes to me, well, Dad, we're doing the father and daughter dance. Um, do you want to do a uh, you know traditional slow waltz? And I said, come on, Tash, you know I'm no good at that sort of stuff. And she said, well, all right, let's just wing it and uh, d- d- do your best. <laughs> And, and I made it. I, and your I best you did. Yeah. No, no, look, I, I thought for a minute there I was watching a 25-year-old dog, so you've done, you done extremely well, mate. I was sore for a week, mate. Oh, uh, yeah, but what an occasion. It's not every day your daughter gets married, so. Special day, mate. And uh, we're, 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 uh, our boy's getting married next weekend, so Dino's off to uh, Sydney to, to uh, marry his the love of his life, uh, a beautiful, beautiful girl, and uh, Sarah Dadaro will be his uh, wife, so... The house will be empty, Sean, just me, Kath, and the dog. Um, I think it's going to be a real adjustment now. Yeah, you know, the empty <laughs> nesters. <laughs> and, and a great stage of life to be in because then you can really concentrate on the grandchildren and spoil the hell, hell oh, out of them. And that's exactly what's happening. Because they don't spoil themselves, mate. 
Mate, exciting times for football this weekend, uh, yeah. Sean. And hey, what an upset last night, eh? The Western Sydney Wanderers uh, knocking off Sydney. That was uh, yeah, that was a big one. I and thought you were talking about Norwich knocking off Leicester, but oh, <laughs> yeah, well, let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> I, I think bottom of the table for West Ham is not a good place for us to be loitering around. Absolutely not. Hopefully, we knock off Southampton. Uh, and what a, a, a fun-filled show we've got today. We're going to start off with uh, Tacky Nicolades from Gwellup, um, back in the NPL for for Tacky, and back in the big time for. Attack, yeah, eh? be yeah. good. Oh, um, a great, great club, a real ambitious club. So he's, absolutely, uh, and we'll talk about some of that ambition because they've made some huge signings over the close ma- season. Massive, yeah. Dumba, Dumba Makachi to name yeah. the latest. Yeah, um, Frank Moretti. Uh, he's the Football West referee manager. Will be joining us. We'll go through a bit of his history and the, what the scene is for the referees this year and a couple of rule changes. And we won't be talking about age with Frank because I think him and me are almost the same and uh, we, we grew up uh, him with a whistle and me running around getting uh, whistled at. Uh, yeah. So we go way back with Frank. Great no, guy. That's good. Yeah. And then someone who none of us go way back with because he's not old enough is Cameron Lord, um, but a very well-credentialed coach. He's taken Rockingham up into the NPL. Um, for whatever reason, and might even explore that, he's stepped away from Rockingham. And now he's back at another tilt, a, a, a Division One title with Fremantle, who are another well-credentialed and ambitious club. He's making his mark with Fremantle, that's for sure. Absolutely yep. he is. And they've done well in the night series. Yep. And then, I know personal favourite of yours, we're going to follow off with one of the new... Glory signings this year in Sarge Singh. Mm, just uh, another superstar. Because I know what you like for the, for all this e stuff I, and technology, mate, and I know you love it. You know, it's another world for me, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> um, by all accounts, Singh is quite a character. Yeah. Um, you know, anyone who calls themselves Sarge has to be, I reckon. Yeah. But um, the, both of those e league boys are pretty good. There's the uh, the other young lad that we have is um, Dylan Gomez, who is the brother of Marcus Gomez, who is probably the, the best e-gamer in the country. So little brothers usually outdo the big brothers. So we might be onto something with him. It's going to be, uh, let's just say, a fun-filled interview, that one. Absolutely. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> now, in the news, we've got uh, a lot of stuff with Perth Glory, obviously. Um, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, hasn't it? You know, It and, uh, has been. Th- thank God common sense has prevailed. And, uh, you know, poor old Sage, he's come, come out a bit battered and bruised after the experience and hopefully a wiser man. But uh, for Perth Glory fans uh, who, who, you know, might have been duped into getting involved in this blooming uh, uh, crypto coin. I, I was practising the power, mate. You know, roll up, roll up, mate. Get your cryptocurrency here. Lovely, jubbly. Lovely, jubbly. <laughs> mate. Half a daily. Here we go again. Come on. Let's yeah. come in, spinner. No, thankfully... Yeah. For you, uh, that, not $10, got... not $15, 20 bucks. <laughs> and you're in, son. <laughs> mate, you get you get guys like that down at the Royal Show, Dan. Oh, yeah. Show no, look, you, you go down the Golden Mile at South End and that's all you get. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, common sense prevailed and the glory is still uh, the glory. And look, uh, and I'll be perfectly honest, my, my own opinion is, you know, I think Tony has um, done his time with the glory in terms of, you know, how much money he's had out of pocket. It's been well documented. Uh, it's, it yep. is time for him to probably get you know someone to take the reins off him and and give the guy a bit of peace because he just looks so fatigued after this he just looked drawn and i thought you know for his family's sake and for him you know he, he doesn't uh, deserve to be uh, going down this tr- channel after you know propping up and holding this club together for so long 
Yeah, look, you, you can't take away from what he's, he's done. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, he, he still wants to be involved. He is intrinsically a fan. Mm. Um, and, you know, sometimes a fan isn't the best person over at the reins. But, yeah, it's you know, having said that, he's sunk a lot of his own personal coin into it. So, he has. You know, he's but earned the right. He has. But, and the other side of the coin is the team's going well. Yeah, you know, so we've we've actually got a, a you know a hope again that we're going to be in finals this mm. year, and more than the hope, we will be in finals. It's a yeah. matter of you know where, and and if Sydney's wheels fall off, we we might even be aiming for that top well, spot. Well, the Who wonderful knows? thing about a team like Sydney is it's mm. good a season as they've had. The wheels do have to fall off at some stage. It's but just they statistics. Do. Yep. Um, Perth Glory women are in action tonight. Bunbury bit of resurgence as far as the women have gone the last few weeks. A couple of good wins, and they're playing Western Sydney and other finals. Hope, uh, although Perth Glory women can't play the finals, mm. they seem to be doing the job now. Um, oh, so, a, I mean, it gives them something to build on for next year, having a good finish like this, especially post Sam Kerr. You know, you need yeah. to the dust to settle and everyone to find their own confidence in what roles they play, and that but, seems to Bobby's be. Bobby's digging up some good local girls as well, and, yeah. and they're getting the experience. And yep. you know, it's not always about winning. And you look at what. Sydney and um, Melbourne City are doing. Yep. They're spending lots of money on you know buying in teams. Bobby's developing a team. It's a hard thing to do. Yep, and look, uh, we have faith in Bobby. He's a great local man and another great local man who's uh, come come in to make an impact for development uh, within our clubs is Gareth Navin. Welcome back, Gareth. Uh, a real yeah, good uh, I'm surprised sign up there victory letting go because he, he's won the um, youth championship in mm. the A League with um, their their 18s, yep. but he's back in with Football West now as a development officer, and I think that's a very good move. Oh, mate, it's a great role, I think you know, and and Gareth has that you know um, that discipline that ability to put structures in place and uh, and and really make an impact I you know I, I saw firsthand what he did with the glory youth team when Dino was playing there and uh, it's um, you know he, he was um, that all those boys that played at that time were a credit to Gareth and uh, the way he he uh, instilled not just discipline but uh, good uh, good coaching good uh, you know practices and uh, yeah, no, I think he'll be uh, a fantastic uh, a great uh, acquisition acquisition yeah, for absolutely. Football West yep yep um, now the women playing in Bunbury tonight we've got two pairs of tickets to give away to the game um, it's in Bunbury so you know you've still got plenty of time to get down there so don't think the distance is a problem great road down there no, now it's very easy so so two, two pairs of tickets and we need the answer to this question. The last time the Perth Glory women played at Hay Park in Bunbury, who was their opponent? Mm. You got me there. Yeah. Let's see how clever our people are out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a fairly yeah. simple question. If yeah. you're a fan, you'll go, oh, that's easy. Um, <laughs> and that's the whole point is to get fans to the game. So if you haven't won from us in, in the last month or so, get on there and let uh, Penn know and she will make contact with you. So answers on our Facebook page, please. You need to be a member of the um, Football West, not Football West, the um, World Football Programme page and um, get the answers on there and we will fit you up with some tickets to go and watch the Glory Women at Hay Park in Bunbury tonight. Uh, before that, the men are in action against um, Newcastle Jets. They're away mm. um, at 2 o'clock, so that's when I get home. I'll be getting ready to get the telly on and watch that one because I think it'll be a good game. It should be, and uh, hopefully our boys pick up three points. So we're unlucky against Brisbane uh, to not uh, see it oh, out. But, don't even you know, start me on that one. We'll, 
Not going to go there, Sean? No, I might talk to Frank about it. Every time I put my hands on someone's shoulders, the whistle blew and it was cancelled. <laughs> if, it, if it was that easy to win headers, we'd all be doing it, wouldn't we? Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I, I know it was a hint of offside nows as well, but that's what happens. Mm. You know, that's the game. Yeah. But uh, both hands in uh, Meredith's back. Meredith's doubled over. He's got no opportunity to put a competition in. Mm. To me, that's, that's not a goal. And I don't know how VAR missed it, but that's me, Savage on VAR. Yeah, not, that's, VAR is just one of those things. You love it or hate it now. There's no in-betweens. <laughs> mm. I am definitely always have been in the hate it camp, but yep. there we go. All right, we're going to go to some messages and we'll be back after those with Tacky and we'll be talking about Quellop's rise into the NPL and uh, where their ambitions are because I don't think it stops there. Mm-hmm. Back after these. <laughs> I'm Rose, a junior trainee at Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. I am the fourth generation of our family business. Oswest Fencing is built on 50 years of experience, creating unique fencing and gates and servicing the West Australian community. Let us help you secure and refurbish your home or business with customised materials and automation made to laugh. Ring us on 9258 6822 to discuss your ideas or visit our online galleries at auswestfencing.com.au. That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au. Station sponsor. Are you considering data and software development? From a simple website to custom office automation software, phone Andy at DataPlatz on 0414 263 938. That's 0414 263 938. Station sponsor. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. And just for those at home, the, the question again was, who was the Perth Glory women's opponent the last time they played at Hay Park? So a nice, simple question, and uh, we'll have two tickets waiting for you when you um, get the right answer. Now, joining us from uh, somewhere near Gwellup is Tacky Nicoladies, the Gwellup coach. Tack, good morning. How are you? Yeah, come on, guys, yourselves? Yeah, really good. Um, congratulations on picking up Divi 1 last year. It was, um, I think, uh, a lot harder than people think it is to play in Division 1. Yeah, no, it certainly is. Uh, uh, again, um, you know, obviously, uh, winning leagues, you've got to be consistent over the full season. And, uh, yeah, we were tested uh, you know, right through, right until the end. And, and you know, you got some some good clubs like um, like Western Knights and Freo and uh, and Kingsway predominantly that made it very tough for us uh, right to the end. Yeah, absolutely. Now um, you haven't stopped there. You had a good team, and you know you you've got the promotion, and then you you've brought in some real quality um, since the season ended. Yeah, look, um, as, as I've always been saying, uh, the club promotions. And with them at the end of the season, and spoke about what their plans and goals were for this year. And they first thing they said is, you know, we don't want to just make up the numbers. Uh, you know, we're keen on, you know, uh, being more than competitive and, uh, and you know, trying to be in that, that top half. And so, uh, as I said, we, we put our um, all our forces together and uh, put the plan together in terms of, you know, player recruitment and, and whatnot. And, 
Yeah, we've uh, yeah, well, signed uh, signed a couple of players early on, and then obviously with the intent of some of the names that we did bring in, uh, it helped us sign some some more more players. So. Yeah, we are where we are at the moment because of it. Taki, um, congratulations again, as Sean just said, about uh, the, the boys m- making it into the big big league, back where you belong. And, uh, you know, you, you've had, uh, a, a, let's just say, a nice experience uh, in many ways in this uh, top league where you've... You, I mean, you, you have been at, at the top of the tree in, on many occasions with various teams. Now, you know what it takes... It, and the way that this club's going in assembling a team to to not just make up numbers, you know, you've got to be confident that you've, you're, you're top two this year with um, the, the quality of stock that you've got. And I'm not trying to put the mock on you, but that's 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 oh, exactly that's where exactly where I see this team finishing because, mate, the lineup is just sensational, and you and you have got depth. It's you know to to have a squad that's going to be uh, top two in in, in uh, the NPL, you've yeah. got to have that depth. And uh, the, the, the players that you, you've got assembled, um, very impressive. Yeah, look, um, as I said, we've, we've, we've put a, a plan together in terms of our recruitment and the types of players that we um, we wanted to bring in. And um, look, as, as I keep saying, yeah, we're bringing in some, some good youngsters with some good experience uh, and obviously you know, hoping to have some, some good depth with, through youngsters is, is pretty much the way we wanted to go, uh, and we, we realised that we you know, we had to make some changes from, from last year's squad uh, if we we're going to be competitive. Um, in terms of the top two, yeah, I think I've been around long enough to, to know that uh, you know you, you can have whatever you, you have on paper. Uh, if uh, that means nothing, if you can't go out there and uh, and get the points on the board, and uh, look, yeah, as, as as well as we've done so far with our recruiting. Uh, at the end of the day, the season starts in, in two weeks and uh, you know, we'll be judged over the 22 games. And, yeah, things can go wrong uh, pretty quickly. Changes can happen pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, but you, you've had a, a good start to your night series. I mean, a 3-1 win over Perth Glory, 5-0 over Balcata, um, 2-0 over Armadale, and the, the game against Sorrento, both sides were resting people, so the nil-nil draw was, you know, as Don likes to call it, the silly season stuff, but um, that's not a bad start for a new club into the, the NPL on a night series. Yeah, look, as I said, the, the start was, uh, we've been more than happy. Again, you know, we didn't uh, set our expectations too high uh, for the for, for night series, but uh, I suppose when, when you get off to a good start, you know, we drew against uh, last year's finalists in, in Inglewood in the first game, uh, beat Glorine and beat, beat Balcata, and all of a sudden you think, well, you know, we, we are in the right direction. Um, but, yeah, as I said, mate, it's uh, still the early days from, from our end. Yeah, but you're preparing now for a, a semi-final against Floriot. Um, that in yourself must be a, a enticing prospect. Yeah, <laughs> as you as all know, I mean, I've spent... Uh, Majority of my life uh, at Athena uh, through juniors and seniors, uh, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, the, the opposition—that's what uh, we need to beat to get to the final—and and we do have a few uh, former Athena boys, uh, players, and coaches in our squad. So uh, yeah, and I know there's been a bit of banter amongst the group as well uh, this week about uh, who's going to come out on top. So yeah, like, looking forward to it. And for me, uh, Athena been uh, probably the best footballing team that I've seen uh, in the night series and uh, you know, we're going to have to be at our absolute best if we're uh, going to get into the final next week. 
No, it's a real juicy encounter. It's a pity this uh, game couldn't have been the final because I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the fans out there would have loved to, to have seen these two uh, battle it out in the final. But uh, I think tonight's encounter. But you wouldn't have been there, though, Don. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been watching from afar, mate. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it is night se- uh, night series, and and night series has, uh, as I say, um, for some clubs, an element of um, let's just uh, see. Uh, and and test some of the the kids that we've got and see if they can handle it. And for other clubs, it's like let's take it seriously and let's uh, see if we can get some silverware. And the two clubs that uh, I see is uh, you know I mean Perth obviously uh, uh, always treat uh, uh, these these sorts of occasions seriously. Uh, but but Floriot and uh, and Gwellup, um have definitely come out wanting to make a statement. So it, just for the neutrals tonight, I think uh, it's going to be a fantastic game to get down to and watch down at. Uh, yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. As I said, you know, we've uh, you know, talking about youngsters and all that. You know, we we were able to blood um, give another three boys debuts last week. Um, um, you know, another player played his second game last week. So as I said, you know, it is a time where you know, if we are to, to blood and see where some of our you know future first team players and where our depth this year uh, will come from, uh, you've got to give them some some sort of exposure. Uh, and experience, and um, yeah, we obviously did that uh, over the last last couple of weeks. But yeah, look, as I said, you know, RK's uh, come in over the last few weeks, and I think he's uh, he's improved the squad. Um, I think they're some playing some some probably the best football that's uh, in the league at the moment, uh, and they've got, you know, with the group being together for so long, they do have a, a very good understanding of, of their movements and you know, and and what triggers uh, each player. So uh, as I said, you know, we we try to. Be, a similar team in, in, in what we want to achieve football-wise. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it should be a good game tonight. Now, Don's put you at uh, top two. Where have you set your ambitions at? You've traditionally, as a club, done extremely well in the FFA Cup. Um, and the, the league is obviously where you, you want to be, you know, in the, in the top half of the table at least. Um, so what sort of goals have you set yourself for the season? Yeah, look, we've, we haven't gone too far ahead. Uh, again, I think personally... Yeah, everyone has their own personal uh, views and opinions of uh, where they'd like to finish. Uh, you know, everyone wants to finish on top. Everyone wants to to play in finals and you know cup finals and whatnot. And I think we're you know, we're I'm no different and we're no different. But the reality is, as I said, you know, for, for a team coming into the NPL for the very first time um, and it's such a young club, you know, we we are looking to try and finish uh, as far up in the t- you know top six as, as we can. Yeah, and I was just going to say, Tack. One thing about uh, Gwellup is your uh, your your home ground is is a fortress, and every you know we're talking Division One games now, but it's there's no difference when when you go from one league to another. If you have that mentality, that your ground is a place that the opposition can't beat you at. It, it, it translates uh, ongoing. So. You know, just the way that that uh, ground shapes up for you, it, it it has got an edge for you, hasn't it? Yeah, no. Look, it certainly does. I think most clubs uh, try to have that that type of uh, edge as well. I mean, uh, you go to Sorrento, it's never never easy to, to win up there. You, know, you go to Armadale, they're never an easy beat as well. So, um, but as I said, it's uh, yeah, it is a nice pitch, and it probably doesn't have the dimensions that um, what well, all other pitches have in, in the league. But uh, as I said, you know, if you if you can win all your games at home, it will put you in a good stead for the remainder of the season. 
And, the, of course, it's the addition now of the new grandstand that uh, was constructed last year. So um, not just a, a good ground to, to go to, but also now for the spectator. Some a, convenience. A convenience yeah. and a great mm. place to watch football from. Uh, it will be when it's uh, completed. Um, that's that's uh, had a few setbacks in the last uh, last six months, so uh, it will get completed later this year. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Once uh, Grandstand does uh, is is fully fully up and running, um, yeah, it'll just make it an even better venue to to watch and, and play as well. And, and you know, it, it will help with the whole experience going to watch uh, yeah. the game at Willow, and the atmosphere will, will be even better as well. I thought with the two up panels, it'd be up in five minutes. I thought it'd be just a <laughs> spot-on job. Um, now, the, the, you're preparing for a game against Perth Glory. How's, how's that preparation going for, for day one of the season? Yeah, look, that's a little bit further down, down the track at the moment. Unfortunately, we're still um, yeah, in, in, uh, in pre-season mode. And, uh, yeah, when you're preparing for a semi-final, uh, if focus is more on the semi-final than what it is on, on round one, uh, especially when you've got a major trophy up for grabs. Um, look, but yeah, as I said, that's something that we're, we're, we're gearing towards, and I think our preparations have been uh, very good up until now for it. Any ideas where that game will be held? Because I, I see that they're at TBA Park. <laughs> yeah, that's the new stadium. Uh, north of the river, I believe. <laughs> no, Rottnest Island. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the rumours. <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, it's like um, it, it, it makes sense where Perth Glory just more or less play their games, all their games, at the venue of the team they're playing at and all the games revert back to they are now because they haven't got a home. So no. at the end of the day, and it's too difficult for clubs to... To more or less um, um, co-facilitate with the glory, it's too much impact on the pitch, and and it yeah. t- takes away from the club who's hosting them. I mean, there's no real advantage. They might get paid a bit of money by glory. I don't know what the commercial terms are. But having having been in that position, I yeah. can tell you, you can take two two paths. You can either um, absolutely smash them for for money, or you can or you can make a, a reasonable profit. The the problem is that you have volunteers who have to staff the bar and the canteen and those things. They they do provide all their pitch staff and marshals and all of that. So they are actually good tenants to have. But the wear and tear on the park... It's just too much. It it just doesn't get a rest. So, yeah, yeah, there's a lot in it. And it's not not a... If you don't um, smash them, then it's not a a cash cow. And and I don't think that anyone really takes advantage of them. Back in the day when Future Glory were playing, Nick Tarner used to uh, say to the clubs, we'll we'll use your venue, both on the home and away, and we'll pay you the day that we're meant to be there, we'll pay you for what whatever the costs are associated. Yeah. So there was a, let's call it a thousand dollars paid mm. to the club for you know um, uh, for uh, grass upkeep, blah blah blah, and, yeah. and that wouldn't have covered it. But there's still, you know, th- but it's until extra, they've got a home, that's the only only that's solution. Right. It's an extra bumper know? day for your club because you, yeah. you know just going off the IP of the glory, you will bring in um, thousands of people, people, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, well, well, you do. But it's quite interesting because the rest of the, the league is actually structured there. If they're, one of their players wins the, the player of the year, 
and doesn't get any money. And if the um, the club wins the, the championship, they don't get any money. Mm. So, you know... Um, well, they're meant to be all about development. Absolutely, they are. meant to be there to yeah. take prizes away from yeah. our, our clubs who are just volunteer clubs, basically. Yeah, I'm not so, saying it's a bad thing, but no. yeah, that proposal actually makes more sense. There's some clarity around it. Yeah. And then for the next few seasons, um, you'd do that. You'd be quite happy to host two games against Glory at home, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Zach? We we heard that definitely, George. Um, I'm hearing that they uh, either have an agreement or coming up with an agreement with uh, another club. Mm. Uh, but again, I think the biggest thing, uh, and having seen at the clubs where they've played at before, being Athena, Ashfield, and North Englewood, uh, where because, the, because there's at least three games every weekend on the main pitch at uh, at those venues, it does get chewed up. And yes, we're uh, I think uh, yeah, clubs don't have. The, the, uh, the, the budget for the upkeep yeah. Yeah. Um, of, 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 the, of the pitch, etc., etc. And, you know, we, we do want to be playing on good pitches, you know, throughout the 22 weeks or as, or as many weeks as we can uh, throughout the season. And, you know, if Sustain or Ashfield or Ingold's pitch ca- keeps getting dug, dug up, it, it doesn't help for, for good football. No. Athena, you know, got to the stage where they were looking forward to playing away from home. Because mm. their, their home ground lost its advantage, they couldn't play football on it. Yeah, it, it was chopped and and, and, and the bumpy real problem isn't when you're playing every a game there every week. Yep. It's when you play Saturday, then Sunday, yep. and the pitch really suffers. It just can't back up like that. No. Yeah. All right, um, Tacky, you you're obviously into this semi final tonight. Your ambitions are, are very clearly set on winning the night series. Um, you see. Florida has been a, a, a huge um, test for you tonight, but you know you, you're more than capable. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, look, and as I said, I, I think Athena have been uh, probably the best footballing team that, that I've seen um, at the night series. Mind you, I haven't seen all teams uh, as, as yet. Um, but yeah, as I said, it's definitely going to be our biggest test uh, tonight. But you know, we're in the semi-finals. Uh, opportunity to play in a major major trophy uh, final next week and uh, <coughs> excuse me the boys are um, very keen that's not coronavirus I hope <laughs> Taggy stay with us mate all good um, yeah no the boys the boys are buzzing absolutely buzzing and uh, as I said uh, there's, there's nothing worse than getting into a semi-final get beat or into a final and getting beat and uh, you know people don't remember uh, you know second third or fourth they, they don't yeah. remember the winners and, uh, yeah and from uh, my point of view, yeah. we're, we're all keen and keen as mustard to, to put on a good show tonight and give us some opportunities uh, to play in a major final. All right, Tack, best of luck for you and the boys tonight. May the best the team win, Tack. Yeah, yeah, good luck. Good luck tonight. Um, thanks, Jens. All the best, Cheers, mate. mate. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Tacky Nick, ladies have well up, and I think there's things much, much worse than getting knocked out in the semis. Getting knocked out in the, in the round-robin round is... <laughs> Picking up the uh, coronavirus, as you said, Sean, that's the real one at the moment. Everyone's getting scared. And uh, Well, you talk about that. What about the madness over the, the last week? It's gone with, nuts. The world's gone glory, No, but with Glory, yeah. we've been told by oh, AFC, yes. you've got to go and play in, in South Korea yeah. where there's coronavirus and... <laughs> um, or you'll get a three-year suspension. Luckily, it's common sense. Common prevailed. sense has prevailed. Yeah, but yeah. it was an argument we didn't need to be having. No, it was it was stupid in the first instance. It should yeah. never have got to that. But, but uh, there were other teams that had already been given yeah exemption exemption not yeah, to go. Yeah. We've already had the team from China not come out and yeah. play the very first yeah. 
a game that was going to be held here. Yeah, so where's that coming from? Absolutely. Yeah, Mad- no, it's... Madness. Yeah. Anyway, and we're in a mad world at the moment. Everybody stay healthy and mad, safe. Mad, 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 mad That's world. It. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's crazy. Um, but, yeah, look, it's, it's been interesting the last week or so. Um, David Squires, there's a cartoon in The Guardian. If you have a look at that, that's always, it's always a good cartoon. <laughs> but the, it's a particularly good one this week about the cryptocurrency. Oh. Um, it, it, I mean, it's the, the way he tells the yarn is quite entertaining. and uh, But, you know, sort of... Um, very uh, pertinent to the point, and uh, I, I, I think d- definitely uh, cartoonists sometimes uh, can get it so 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 basically right. They just you know they hold a mirror up to society. And yeah, they, they make us see just how yeah. ugly we are at times. That's I think right. It's great. You know? But he's done some beauties on Qatar's uh, World Cup ambassador and uh, the FFA's new chief exec, and yeah, just just have a look at some of the stuff he's done. Very entertaining. Yeah, it is. Um, now, Football Victoria, I see yesterday that um, they were in discussion with Optus and Fox mm. for a sharing service with KO um, for their NPL season. So that's men and women, 18s, reserves and first team. Um, and they're moving away from Facebook and YouTube. Very progressive. Oh, look, tip your hat off to Peter Philopoulos. The the guy for me is um, the best CEO in Australia at the moment and uh, in terms of looking after his state's interest and uh, and doing deals that are commercially um, going to benefit football in his state. So, mm. you know, no, look, they were very progressive last year with their streaming. As I said, they streamed 18's reserves and first team yep. men and women from, from their, their uh, leagues over the the YouTube platforms, yep. um, and they're now stretching that out and going into something more akin to Netflix. And mm. you know, again, it's, it's a subscriber service, but at a reasonable cost. Yep. And and again, it's all about trying to work out how to monetize football and get revenue streams coming back to clubs that can keep clubs alive, healthy, and viable. So, anything like this is um, innovation and smart. Um, business so absolutely no no very good on them all right we're going to go to some messages we'll be back after these with frank moretti do you want better strata management put prosperity strata management at the top of your list we provide a flat competitive fee with no extra or hidden charges we provide value for money repairs with contractor prices reviewed regularly and we provide prompt professional service with 30 years experience which is why our clients recommend us your property is our concern see prosperitystratamanagement.com.au station sponsor they can say what they want now West Coast Futsal Association has social competitions at Hollywood Futsal Club in West Perth and the Mount Lawley Futsal Club. Competitions are open for new players looking for a kick around with mates from Monday to Friday. For those looking at high level futsal, there is the Junior Leagues in Karanyup on weekends and the Male and Female Super League competitions based in Subiaco. For more information, contact Brittany on 0481 881343. Hi, my name's Eddie and I'm the Referees Manager of Football West. 
We're looking for new referees. So if you've got what it takes, come on, give it a go. I became a referee to support the game. Come on, give it a go. I became a referee because I enjoy both watching and playing the beautiful game. I became a referee to help build my confidence and to experience the game from a different perspective. I became a referee because I love the beautiful game and I want to make a bit of money. I became a referee to increase my involvement within the game. I became a referee to develop my teamwork and communication skills. I became a referee to go towards my skill for the Duke of Edinburgh. I became a referee to keep my fitness up and to maintain my involvement with youth football after coaching. I became a referee to make some money and have a good time. I became a referee because I wanted to learn how the calls were made. Come on, give it a go. Come on, you should give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. Come on, give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. Come on, give it a go. Come on, give it a go. Love them or hate them, referees. Uh, without them, there is no game. And joining us on the the line now is Frank Moretti. He is the Football West referee manager. Good morning, Frank. How are you? Oh, good morning, Sean. I'm well, thank you. And good morning to you, Don. And yeah. also a very good morning to all your uh, listeners and the uh, general football community. Good on you, Frank. Great to have you on the show. And uh, as we don't get to talk too much unless we uh, catch each other at a glory game or uh, around the traps, uh, it's it's good to have uh, a wise... I won't, I'm not, not going to call you an old head because that, that's my title. I'm the old head. But uh, a wise head that's been around the game for so long uh, and you've seen so much change for the better in, in the referee circles. Uh, can you tell the listeners all the good things that have been happening for refs since the days when you were blowing that whistle? Oh, absolutely, Don. Uh, just um, just want to get uh, something right, though. Uh, I think you're, you're, you're correct when you say we've both been around for a long time, but I think we both know that you're much, much younger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I think I am, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. So, how's it all changed, yeah. Frank? From when 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 you were out there whistling away uh, in games that I was I was out there running around in. Oh, look! Uh, the game itself has changed, and I think the uh, referees have to change as well. And I think yeah, it's come a long, long way. Um, you might recall back in the older days, we used to have uh, two referee bodies. We used to have the double A uh, and we used to have the ASRF, and uh, Eventually, we all came into one, and um, I think that's been a, a very good change. And uh, you know, I remember when I started refereeing, we'd have probably about eight to a hundred referees. Now we're we're up to about six hundred plus in the metropolitan area alone. So, Fantastic. So, uh, yes, yeah, so there's been some some good changes, and I think over the years, uh, uh, FIFA has also made some uh, quite a large number of changes, particularly in the last five years. And uh, I think uh, a lot of them, uh, if not the majority of them, have been uh, for, the, for, for the better of the game. 
we always spoke um, in years gone by with um, Eddie Lenny and Cheesy and uh, the rest of the boys, uh, Sammy Musker, and um, you know just about the the respect towards our referees and uh, that respect ca- campaign, which uh, I thought was uh, quite successful. Uh, it started getting everyone to think more about you know how they address refs, whether it be parents on sidelines or whether it be uh, players on the field. And uh, we always spoke about how respectful the you know other codes are towards their officials in particular the rugby uh, rugby league rugby union side of things where um, you know captains were uh, were addressing the referee or the referee uh, the umpire or whatever they want to call them was addressing the uh, the um, the players directly so they weren't being shouted at has that change uh, started to creep towards our game because I've noticed it at a league level and obviously at um, you know higher national level that um, it's it, it, you know the referee now has what I consider to be a better um, uh, control of players and and also the way they get addressed by players yeah look I think you're absolutely right I think it's definitely improved uh, I think it's something that we, uh, as referees, have worked on very hard. Uh, where maybe many years ago, it would be referees would be a shut shop. We're, we're much more open, much much more transparent, and I think more, we're more receptive to criticism and uh, and we take it uh, in the right way uh, if it's if it's given in the right way as well. Mm. That's good. So, do you think that um, players should uh, have a a pathway to being a referee, do you think that they should at least do the, the law of the game certificate, which is a, a free online thing? Because um, it makes it much easier to go to a referee and say, have you interpreted law, whatever, um, this particular way to get an understanding? Or do you think the players should just play and referees are a completely different stream? Look, I, I think uh, the players definitely should be aware of the laws of the game. Um, I, and I think that... Uh, I think most of them, if not all of them, I think uh, are quite clearly about the laws of the game, uh, particularly when it suits them. Um, but, um, yeah, I think if they did the uh, laws of the game certificate, which is a uh, free online course, uh, which anybody can do, they can go into the Football West website, go into the referee, uh, become a referee uh, section, and uh, there they will find a link to that. And if they do that, uh, that certainly will help. Uh, uh, and, um, yeah, and hopefully us work better together referees and players so um just peeling back a bit frank have you always been a referee or did you did you play at a, a reasonable level yourself no i um i wasn't much uh, wasn't a very good player um I, I did enjoy playing and uh i uh, stopped playing when i was uh, in my early 30s and uh, i decided to uh, take up refereeing um i uh, thought um, you know it'd be a good way to um uh, stay fit, um, but um, I quickly learned that you know you needed to be fit to referee, and uh, I uh, it took me all the way to the um, uh, National Soccer League uh, as a match official, and uh, uh, eventually retiring from active refereeing, and uh, I became a referee coach and a referee instructor. And uh, along the way, I've got to say I met a lot of uh, made a lot of good friends, and uh, I'm your you're one of them, absolutely, and. Uh, and no doubt uh, a few enemies as well on the field. Mm. Uh, but that, uh, that goes with the job. And now uh, here I am uh, talking on radio for the very first time uh, 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 as a Football West Referee Development Officer. 
Um, Eddie is the, um, uh, I'm part of uh, the referee team. Uh, Eddie is the referee manager, and uh, there's Simon Hicks, who's the referee coordinator, and uh, we all three of us, we work together, mm. and uh, it works really well. Don was talking about the changes that that we've had over the last few years and, and the pathway that you've taken is the fairly traditional path. I play as a competitive player. When I become less competitive, I pick up the whistle and start refereeing. But we're seeing a lot more um, people coming through who at 14, 15, 16 are now deciding I want to make a career out of being a referee because there is a, a real career path. And where, where you look where Cheesy is now, you know, it's not just um, within this state, but it is, it is nationwide and international. And if you if you start early and you pick up all those skills, just like a player, you can elevate up through the levels and, you know, the world's your oyster these days. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, there's enormous opportunities uh, for uh, um, players uh, if they take up, the, take up the whistle, particularly female referees, um, just, it's absolutely enormous uh, with uh, female sports in general growing and, uh, and soccer is obviously up there and leading the way uh, with that. Uh, we need female referees and, uh, and that is certainly um, an absolute uh, great way to get, it, get, you know, to get involved uh, as far as the uh, uh, W League goes or if, you wanna, if you're a male, you can get involved with the, with the uh, uh, Hyundai A League. So there's absolutely uh, a lot more opportunities nowadays because of all the national um, competitions that we're involved with from WA. Uh, when I used to referee, uh, we um, um, we didn't have those opportunities until very, very late in our career. Um, also, the, uh, the age of referees, as you say, um, it's much, much younger nowadays. Uh, when I was refereeing, I think the average age was something like about 44 years old. Yeah. Whereas now, the average age of our referees here in Perth is 32 years old, and uh, with a mid-age of 24. So. And, the, and the other thing is, as you said, the, the, the women, there's no reason why a woman cannot referee a, a men's game. They're, the fitness levels are such that they can keep up with the game. It's, it's about being able to, to make a decision, blow the whistle, and then tell people what to do. Um, you know, my missus tells me what to do all the time, so give her a whistle. That'd be, that'd be a great referee. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, a great example of that is uh, recently Kate Jackowicz, one yep. of our um, W League referees, uh, took charge of the uh, Hyundai A-League uh, game. And, and did very uh, well. Did a fantastic job. Mm. Uh, we also here in, in WA, we've got, um, we got some female referees, uh, um, and um, we've got... Um, uh, Jess, um, Jess, one might mention the name on, on here, and uh, she's uh, now uh, she was one of my academy uh, students, uh, referee uh, academy students, and uh, she's now uh, progressing to a referee in the men's competition. She did several games last year, and she did absolutely fantastic. I got very good uh, feedback from the clubs, and uh, so much so that this year she's been promoted to the uh, state league, and uh, she'll be refereeing some of them state league main games. So. Yeah, so absolutely, I, you know, I encourage uh, female referees, uh, you know, or anyone uh, female players, anyone wants to be uh, thinking about becoming a, a referee, particularly females, uh, to um, you know uh, come and do one of our courses. Uh, we have actually got a, a female only course, uh, and it's free of charge for females. Yep. Uh, on Saturday, the twenty first of March, it's part of our uh, Football West uh, uh, Female Football Week. 
promotion, which runs from the 14th of March to the 22nd of March. So uh, anyone uh, that wants to attend that, uh, go online, go on the Football West website, uh, where it says uh, become a referee, and uh, click on the link, register. It's free of charge, costs you nothing at all, and uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it is held at Dorian Gardens. Uh, so, um, yeah. <laughs> no, great, a great initiative. And, you know, as I said... The, the more women we can get refereeing, the better. Because I have noticed in the leagues that when we do have a, a woman who's a referee, the the language becomes less industrial on the park. So it's it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It has some benefits. Keeps the boys honest. Yeah, they yeah. Yeah, they tend to have uh, sort of a, a certain effect on the game. You know, uh, sort of uh, more calm. That uh, they they just sort of like tend to you know just smooth mm. it. So who should think about com- becoming a referee? Is there any particular type of person looking for or do you think it's um, something that everyone should be looking to do? No, look, I think everyone, anyone, that, uh, anyone that's not much good at playing or not enjoying their football anymore, just anybody at all, it doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, the minimum age is 14 years or older. Um, we, look, I have a 70-year-old guy out there running around, and there is a game for everybody, everybody. And um, whilst uh, you know our numbers are looking quite healthy, and you know, as I said before, we got 600 referees in the metropolitan area. We have got about 150 in the region as well. In total, we got about 750 referees, and um, uh, and our coverage has been pretty good. Um, our coverage is about um, 97% of all games, but. Uh, the game has grown and we can't just sort of sit back and, and, and let the numbers drop off. We need to keep building those referee numbers. So we do need referees. So uh, please, if you are thinking about becoming a referee, then, uh, you know, uh, go on our website and we've got several several courses uh, happening. We've had uh, two in January, two in February, which just completed. And uh, we've got uh, three more happening in March. We, there's one on the 7th of March. Uh, there's a couple of spots left there. Then there's the 14th of March. Uh, we've got uh, one there uh, uh, at the North Beach Soccer Club. So anyone that lives north of the river, um, it's nice and close to you. And then uh, we've got another one on the 21st of March as well, which is a female-only one. Uh, yeah, so if anyone is thinking about becoming a referee, uh, just go on our uh, website and, um, and, and register. Absolutely. Now, you, you touched on numbers. Um, there's always complaints that there's never enough referees, but um, particularly on the weekends when you've, you've got young fellas who want to play the game, um, the advert we had prior to you coming on was about the money. Um, obviously, boys who are, or even girls who are out there picking up uh, what the, the, the referees' fee... How's that compared to them flipping burgers or something? Because they uh, do two or three games on a weekend, a couple of junior games and, and maybe a, a Masters or a Vets later on in the day. It's not bad money. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, John. That's absolutely right. Uh, yeah, look, um, if you take up the whistle, um, you do get paid. Uh, if you do a junior game, uh, an under 13 junior game, uh, the match fee is $50. So that's pretty good. Um, now, uh, people might say, oh, that's not bad. You're running around for, for an hour or so and you get 50 bucks. But there's a little bit more to it. Um, mm. If you're going to do the job properly, then you need to, 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 to train for, for it. You need to attend coaching nights. So there's a little bit more to it. Mm. But still, it's not bad money. You know, if you get paid 50 bucks to do a game, to go out there and do something that you love doing anyway, it's, 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 it's 
really good. It's a lot more money than I used to get paid. I think, <laughs> I think so, it compares well, though, with, with flipping burgers. Because absolutely. Because you have to train in your own time for that as well. But you're keeping health, uh, fit and healthy at and, the same time. You're running you're around. And you're involved in the yeah. game you love. Exactly. And, and learning something. Yeah. I think, you know, um, I did it with a 14 team I had years ago was I got them to to do the referees course and do the junior games because it gave them a unique perspective of what the referee goes through and the referee's view of a game, which is completely different to a player's. Mm. Uh, and it actually yeah. benefited them in, in the way they played to become much more manu- mature players because of that. Yeah. And look, I, I encourage uh, the young, uh, young people to become referees. If you can start early, um, then you know, the opportunity is greater for you. If you start later... There's less opportunities for you to progress to the national stage or even the world stage as, as Chizzy has done in the past. Um, but um, one thing we're doing is that we work on is our retention of referees. Um, retention of referees, uh, I think I can safely say that it's uh, probably a, world, a worldwide issue. Mm. Um, we, I think, in WA are doing quite well with it. Uh, um, we're probably doing that a little bit better than the, um, the actual uh, uh, national average. And um, so um, with the, um, uh, the young junior games as well, this year Football West are implementing the sending mm. yep. uh, temporary, temporary dismissal, which are, I think is a very good thing. And uh, so that will help. That will help the young kids to manage the game. It will also, also uh, some of the rule changes, which uh, include uh, where now we show a yellow red card to, to a coach. Yeah, uh, I think that that can make life easier for for the younger referees in particular. Because if you get a you know a fourteen year old or fifteen year old and to go up to uh, to an adult on the sideline and say, hey, "Mate, uh, take your head in," or, or you know, off you go, you're not taking any further part in the game, it can be <laughs> quite difficult and intimidating. Whereas yeah. uh, you know, uh, with the, with the yellow card and red card, it's a little bit easier for them. No, I've been on the sidelines of a few games where, where I'm taking photographs and that, and I watch the abuse that some of the, the um, referees' assistants put up with, and I'm wondering why you're putting up with that. And, and I think that's something that needs to change. You've, you've mentioned uh, rule changes this year. What, what are the major rule changes for this coming season? Well, look, I think the big one, uh, the big one is, um, is the handball. Yep. Uh, that is an absolute big one. Um, whatever you knew about handball before, I think you probably forget about 60% of it. Uh, it's not maybe 70% of it. Uh, it's just totally changed. Um, I think uh, in the past, handball has always been a bit of a grey area for referees and everyone. Uh, I think now it's become more factual uh, with the changes. And um, I think that's, that's a big one. That's a real big one. Um, we are uh, actually uh, have invited all the uh, clubs uh, to the uh, Hyundai Club Workshop, uh, and it's available for all clubs, as I said. Uh, and that's in Elgin next Wednesday on the 4th of March. Uh, it starts at 6.30 p.m. at the Dorian Gardens. Uh, it'll go for about an hour and a quarter. Uh, Eddie Lenny, the referee manager, and Simon Nick, the referee coordinator, will be presenting those changes to, to all the clubs. So I would... Uh, I would encourage all the clubs to get along there because there are quite a number of changes. As I said, the handball one being the main one. There is uh, one to do with the substitutes. Uh, as you know, sometimes the substitutes uh, tend to take uh, a long time to leave the field of play. So that's now being rectified with the law change there. Um, uh, the, um, uh, the, the team that wins the toss now has a, has a choice uh, whether they take the kickoff or whether they... Uh, which hand they're going to kick. 
the drop ball, the drop ball, uh, that's, that's become uh, a really good one for me. I think it will make life easier, not just for the uh, referee, but for the players and much fairer as well. And um, also um, the uh, ceremonial free kick where we set up balls, uh, that's going to, that's gonna uh, the rules there change as well. So that's going to make life easier again for everybody. And, and of course, there's the, uh, the goal kick and free kicks inside the uh, penalty area yeah. uh, where the ball usually has to leave the had to leave the area to be in play. Now that's all changed to speed the game up and, and make it faster as well. So, uh, yeah, it, I mean, uh, there's a few others as well there and everyone can get along to uh, to uh, Dorian Gardens next Wednesday at 3 p.m. They can learn all about it. Now, is that um, something that clubs must register for before they turn up or can they just turn up on the night? Um, they can register. It'd be better if they register. Then we know how many numbers there are. But uh, yeah. if some of them can't go around to it, and they just turn up. That's good. They might have to stand up. We might have a stick for them. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But I would definitely encourage every game to come. Every, every every club to come along. Bring their players, their coaches, um, their, their their volunteers. Every, everyone that they can. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't cost them anything. It's it's, it's free. So. Uh, Historically, my experience has been there's, there's been three of us there, and that included Eddie. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it is something that's vitally important, and people do ignore it. And then, that when they're playing on the, the very first few games of the season, again, when did that change? And if you attend this meeting, you'll you'll hear from from Eddie's mouth what is going on, what the interpretation is, and how the referees have been instructed to interpret those rules. So, vitally important. People go on on next Wednesday, um, and preferably register because obviously you need to know roughly how many you're going to be preparing for. Yeah, absolutely right, uh, uh, John. That's, uh, that's 100% correct. And uh, um, we all want to be uh, sort of reading the same rules on the same page. Uh, the, the presentation is the same that we've uh, presented to our referees as well uh, in the uh, February seminar. And we've got a second seminar for referees as well next, uh, ne- uh, in a couple, couple of weeks. And they'll be presented exactly the same thing. So we all will be reading from the same from the same book. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, um, just on on clubs and and participation or encouragement uh, at from club level. Are there uh, certain clubs um, assisting with the referee recruitment program more than other clubs? Are there any leaders out there who are doing something special and and convincing their kids not just to play football but to get involved in the refereeing side? Because you know, like for me, I always look at it as if you want to have cadet referees, I, I, I always look back to Joshman. Now and, and yeah. the three boys that we but, had. But if, but if I can tack on to that, yeah. um, a conversation I had with someone in the last month was that they think that the the referees should be embedded in a club in some yeah, way. Correct, because that way because, they've got a home base. And, and the know, thing they is that you've, you, they've yeah. got a home base to yeah. work from, but you've yeah. also got someone from the referees yeah. who's there embedded in your club and giving interpretations. And and, and for me, the, 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 the thing that always used to... Uh, bother me about keeping things transparent, fair, yeah. and you know, because you, you just want people to be fair, right? But when you have referees coming through just a club, you know, the the impartiality side of things might be questionable yeah. when their heart's there for their club. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's something that's got to be, you know, addressed uh, at an early stage where the kids who are coming through are, you know, instructed, they listen, put your 
club colours to the side when you wear the black. You are there to uh, administer the rules of the game and be but as fair part, as possible. It's all part of the training. It's part of the learning. Yeah. So, yeah, Frank, is there? Is, can you see certain clubs actually um, doing more uh, in, in the referee circle than others or is it uh, across the board everyone chipping in and doing a bit? Yeah, look, uh, Don, I think it's everyone's responsibility uh, when it comes to, um, you know, referees, uh, to encourage referees and to build the numbers. Uh, um, obviously, my role at Football West, that's part of my role, and uh, and uh, any help I can get from clubs, it would be fantastic. Um, we, uh, yeah, there are, there are there is a couple of clubs that come to mind. Um, I'm sure there's probably a few others, but I can only think of, for example, uh, North Beach Brother Club, um, you know, Every year, they say, Frank, can you come to our, uh, to our club room and run a referee course? And, uh, and, and we've got one happening in March, as I said before. And, uh, and it's open not just for the North Beach uh, soccer club, uh, but also uh, for anyone else that wants to attend there. Uh, so North Beach is probably one of them. Um, also, Fremantle uh, City uh, Girls uh, Soccer Club. Um, they also, uh, at the moment, uh, uh, I'm talking to Mary there, and we're trying to organise... Uh, just for their club, all their uh, uh, females to come and do a referee course. So, so yeah, there are some out there. Um, can it be better? I think, yes, it can be better. Um, we do, uh, there's one thing that we do offer free of charge to the uh, to the clubs, and that is uh, my services or anyone from the referee department can come along and do a uh, uh, club assistant referee workshop. Uh, and what that entails is um, uh, that we teach them how to run uh, a line on on mm. a Sunday morning for juniors where we, we don't get assistant referees, official uh, assistant referees, and uh, and uh, and that's open to all the clubs. It doesn't cost them anything, and uh, all they got to do is uh, shoot me an email, and uh, we can organise a date. Uh, it can be in the evening after training, uh, any time during the week, and uh, and it's open uh, and it's ideal for. Uh, not just the players, so that they understand the offside rule and, and, and so on, but also the uh, uh, volunteers or uh, the, the mums and dads out there that help out on the day. Uh, it sounds marvellous, Frank. Now, anyone interested in becoming a referee, all you've got to do is get onto the Football West website. Mm. There's a little button there, um, I want to become a referee, just hit that, or ring Football West and get in touch with yourself, Frank. That's correct. Yeah, if they go, if they go to the become a referee, uh, if they go to the Football West, West, West website, which yep. is uh, www.footballwest.com.au. Uh, there's a logo on the bottom right hand side. Uh, it says become a referee. They click on that. It takes them to the referee page, and in there it tells them there are three steps for them to take. The first step is for them to go and do the uh, online uh, course. Yeah, it's free. Doesn't cost them anything. Uh, if uh, they get a certificate at the end of it, they need that certificate, they need to bring that with them on the day of the course. Yeah. Then uh, the second step is for them to uh, uh, register for the course. Also, there's a home study that they've got to complete for the course. And the home study is quite easy. The actual answers are in the actual document itself. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's quite easy. And then they just walk up on the day and, um, and, and do the rest of the course. And... Uh, then they go out there, start blowing the whistle, and uh, we uh, send a, a coach out there to assess them, and um, they become a fully fledged level four referee. 
Beautiful. Can't wait for all the uh, youngsters to get in and uh, start applying uh, and boost those numbers for our growing game, Frank. But uh, on a lighter note, uh, I've just had an Italian friend of mine send me a, a little uh, message and I thought I'll pass it on to you because, you know, I, I like to share and care with my old friends. Uh, against the coronavirus, this is uh, a bit of advice there, Frank. You need to eat four garlic cloves. It won't do nothing, but it will keep people away from you always. <laughs> well, might I already do that. <laughs> All right, Frank. Look, thank you very much for your time this morning. You've been great. Um, we will speak to you again. So you you will have another appearance on radio. It's wonderful to to speak to you um, right now. So thank you very much for for being on. Keep up the good work, Frank. Okay, so Don uh, and, and Don, thank you very much for having me on. I much appreciated, and, and thank you to all your listeners. And come on, give it a go. Good Absolutely. On you. Thank good you, on Frank. You, Frank. Okay. All right. Bye. See ya. Frank Moretti from the Football West Referees. Now, I've had a couple of messages that I got through. Yep. Um, you know, with three million comedians out of work and, and some of them are texting me. Um, I came a, a VAR referee because I'm rebelling against my parents. And I became a referee so my guide dog could meet new people. Yeah, thanks. That's not helping. <laughs> I like it. And uh, for the listeners out there, uh, Dave Moore has won two tickets down to, uh, for the Perth Glory women against Western Sydney and Bunbury. There's still two more tickets left. Just get on our uh, fo- w- the World Football Program uh, Facebook site and come up with the right answer as he did, which was uh, that'd be the same one that he's posted. The same one on... he's posted. Oh, so yeah. you don't need to be a brain surgeon to work out the answer. <laughs> Just get on and copy it, Dave. <laughs> it's not rocket surgery, people. <laughs> Free tickets for grabs. All right, no worries. Um, now look, it's great talking to Frank. I think you know, um, particularly for the young ladies out there, if we can get girls involved in it, the girls football is going gangbusters um, get some girl referees out there in, in the in the female games and then you know they can start to spread through the male system as well and it'll oh, be man, wonderful it's great to hear Frank's passion yeah. uh, you know he's he's a guy that's been around the traps for a long time but still talks about this game like he was just born into it yesterday so you know people like him will uh, look after our upcoming referees absolutely all right we're going to some messages we'll be back after these Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station Sponsor. Do you want better strata management? Put Prosperity Strata Management at the top of your list. We provide a flat competitive fee with no extra or hidden charges. We provide value for money repairs with contractor prices reviewed regularly. And we provide prompt professional service with 30 years experience, which is why our clients recommend us. Your property is our concern. See prosperitystratamanagement.com.au Station Sponsor. In 1972, under a scorching June sun, in the French coastal town of Marseille, two Algerian immigrants awaited the birth of their fifth child. Later that day, a star was born. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Call it soccer, call it football. Myself, Peter Skeeler, Penny Tanner, Sean Kelly, Don Evans and Derek Pollock 
are the voices in your world football team, sharing the news across WA, Australia and the world for the one and only world game, the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. It always gets me going, that one. I like that one. Yeah, good one. Um, someone also gets me going is Cam Lord from um, Fremantle. Uh, Cam joins us this morning. Cam, how are you? Good, thanks, guys. How are you? Good. It seems like only five minutes ago you were in charge of Rockingham in their charge into the MPL, um, and you did a fantastic job with them. Um, it must have liked that so much you've decided to try and get another side into the MPL. Um, how'd that come about? Um, it was actually a, a, quite a hard decision to kind of walk away from Rockingham. Um, I think last season was, or last year really, it was um, it was quite an intense year for me personally, just on on top of all the time and effort and everything else that went along with, I guess, uh, making sure that Rockingham stayed in the MPL. Um, I was completing a PhD at the same time. So um, just at the end of the season, uh, I just felt that I wasn't really in the right place to, to continue on with, with Rockingham. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I wasn't going to coach this year. I was going to have a year off. Mm. Um, and then after it kind of got announced that I was stepping down as the Rockingham head coach, um, obviously Fremantle contacted me. I spoke with them. And then obviously from, you know, from that meeting, um, you know, I just wanted to be a part of Fremantle City. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it wasn't a, it was a hard decision to walk away from Rockingham, but I think it was the, the right decision for myself personally. And, and probably for Rockingham as well, just in the sense that I felt a little bit drained last year. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this year is just a, a new fresh start for me and I'm um, really looking forward to the start of the season. How do you see the two differences in ambition between the two clubs? I mean, what, you know, Rockingham, uh, an old traditional club that's been around a heck of a long time, rebirthing, and you did a fantastic job in bringing them back up and getting that reinstilling some pride down uh, down at the Rocky Base. And, uh, you know, now, now it's the challenge for them is obviously uh, continuing on in the NPL and, and maintaining their position. But Fremantle, um, you know, I mean, geez, they... they hit the ground uh, running with new ambition and w- want to be an A-League club in the future, that sort yeah. of stuff. I mean, it's a different level of, uh, of ambition, isn't it? It is, it is yes. Um, you know, but not, I guess not taking anything great from Rockingham for no. for all the hard work and everything else that they put into it to get to where they are now, um, you know, on and off the path. But, but yeah, I mean, the ambition was a big thing thing for me, uh, obviously joining Fremantle City, um, you know, into the last round of the A-League bid, they were unsuccessful, um, but that's, you know, that's, I guess that's just where they they want to get to, uh, you know, and as I said, I think the professionalism and how they are organised, it's just, it was just something that I really wanted to be a part of um, and, and, and would be, yeah, be a part of it, so, so yeah, there are some similarities, as you said, with the history and things like that. But, um, but yeah, with with the ambitions of this club in terms of their A-League bids and things like that, it is at another level. I suppose the, the other thing is they, they had a, a fairly um, charismatic coach last year and a real personality to follow in Mario Marchioni. So mm. um, how do you have you found settling in with his philosophy and now your philosophy? Uh, well, to be honest, there's only three players from last season. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, obviously, I've got the way that I want to play, and I'm sure Mara is completely different. Um, but, but I've obviously recruited players that I knew from my time at Rockingham, also from Perth Glory, and then kind of other players as well that I knew that would fit into the style of play that we want to kind of go through this season. Um, so, so yeah, there was a 
certainly different philosophies and styles of plays and systems and things like that from, from last season to what will be this season, but, but I'm quite confident that we've got the right players that can kind of fulfil what we want to do on the park. And the setup there is slightly different, whereas at Rockingham you had um, complete control of everything. Now you've got um, Dom, who is the, the TD. Um, how's that working out, your relationship with him? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, Dom was in the first meeting they had with, um, you know, with, with I guess, the other committee members as well. Yep. So, um, yeah, Dom, Dom's been really good, really supportive. Um, you know, he's taking care of, the, I guess, the academy side of it and the junior MPO, and he's you know, obviously doing a wonderful job, um, you know, with his experiences and backgrounds and everything else. Um, and it's just given me the license to really focus on, I guess, more of the senior structure. And to be honest, it was a little bit like that at Rockingham as well. Um, where I just kind of predominantly focused on on the senior side, so it's not really not really different. It's just I guess the you know the the, the junior TD is certainly you know uh, you know Tom's qualifications speak for himself. Really, uh, yeah, he's he's been really good with his support network and his resource and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's been a good relationship so far. And the the coaching team out there, you're you able to pick your own, or did you meld some of the the existing Fremantle people into your Obviously, assistant coach, um, 18s and 21s, or reserve side. Um, yeah, it was, it's kind of half and half, really. Uh, I think uh, obviously Danny Clapton's my assistant now. He was actually a player for Fremantle's first team last season. Um, he did his ACL towards the end of the season, um, and always had, I guess, ambitions to coach. So after speaking with him, it was a you know it was a no brainer with his background. Um, and his passion for the club really was a big thing as well, which I guess for, for me at Rockingham, that was a, a big part of me wanting to be successful for Rockingham with my background being a junior player and things like that. And, uh, you know, I kind of got that sense from, from Danny in the first time that we talked to each other. So, um, yeah, Danny's involved obviously with the first team. Um, and then the, I think three hour kept or retained uh, personnel for the reserves in Ali. Um, and then uh, Bully and Alan Carter's come from Rockingham to, to do the 18. So it's a bit of a half and half thing, really. It's just kind of the best people for, for the best positions, really. And you also had a, because of your degree and everything else and your, your background in sports science, um, you, you do a lot of work with um, other things, analysts and statisticians. And is that behind-the-scenes work, is you still doing that with um, Frio? Yeah, we've... Uh, the club's invested in a new kind of uh, video software system. Um, so that uh, that allows us to obviously, you know, do performance analysis um, on all the first-team games, which has been very useful for us so far. So we can break down, obviously, passages of play, uh, you know, get stats and things like that. And we've also got our, you know, our GPS and so we can monitor the loads and things like that. So it's quite involved in terms of, you know, the, the, the player monitoring, the performance analysis here. Uh, you know, with I guess with my background, I think it's a big part in, in terms of trying to be successful and, and trying to make sure that players stay in the park kind of thing. Um, so, so, yeah, we have uh, we obviously have invested in, in that to try and make sure that, um, you know, we're doing everything as possible to try, and, to try and win as many games this season as possible. Yeah, it's those little one percenters and that's the, the sorts of things um, it picks up. And I was talking to someone who's involved, um, who's now over at... Um, Curtin University, who's part, I think, of uh, your team or Floriots, I can't remember. But, um, you know, it's just when you, you do that analysis in real time and you realise that the attacks down the right-hand side aren't working or they're attacking down the centre, you're able to adjust in real time to the game, whereas 
before it was about feelings and thoughts, it really is becoming a science. Yeah, I guess, you know, as the, the technology, it seems to get better every single day. Um, as that improves, I think you're, you're a bit silly, really, to kind of ignore it if it's there to be utilised, and I think you should really try and do your utmost to, to use the, you know, the information that it provides. Um, it, uh, you know, you've only got two eyes, so if you can have kind of more people and personnel involved in your support staff to, to assist with that, uh, it obviously makes your life as a coach a lot easier. So, um, yeah, the one percenters are, are a big, uh, you know, are a big part of, of trying to be successful. Um, and even, like I say, the difference between Division One and the MPL, um, that was probably one of the big differences that I found between the two leagues. It's just like the small, the small little details, even in a playing sense, made such a big difference um, in in the MPL. So, so yeah, we're we're obviously using certain things to try and try and uh, you know get better with the little the little small details, one percenters and things like that. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can use it to our advantage this season. It's a tasty matchup in the night series against uh, a, a, pr- a pretty impressive Olympic Kingsway outfit who have great ambitions as well and uh, have been reinvigorated with uh, a big cash injection into the facility there at uh, Kingsway Complex. Um, they uh, that, that, that game tonight uh, t- really looks as though it's going to be uh, a tough nut to crack uh, for your boys uh, all the way down at Wanneroo Reserve which is almost Kingsway's uh, home ground advantage <laughs> next door <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it should be it should be a very good game watched them last week against Sterling and they were quite impressive uh, yeah I think it'll be a good encounter I just think it's a good game for us to have at this stage pre-season uh, you know without being disrespectful to some of the other teams that we've played so far um, you know we need to be tested before round one um and I think we'll certainly get that this week and and next week, whether we're in the final or we're in the third place playoff, you know, we're we're starting to I think uh, play teams that'll that'll be certainly up there towards the end of, of this season coming. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think it's really good timing to play to play Kingsway just to kind of give us a good test, um, see where we're at before the season. Um, you know, but it's, at the end of the day, it's still pleasing for us. We'll look to try different personnel and different positions and things like that and try new things. Um, the night series isn't the be-all and end-all for us. Um, round one's the most important thing, and I'd swap all the wins that we've had so far pre-season for that three points in round one. And and you've had some good wins. The night series has been very successful. 5-0 against Shamrock, um, a 2-0 win against Quinns, who won the Divi 2 convincingly last season, and I think will be a, a, a good side in Divi 1 this year, and um, a, win, a big win against Morley. So, you know, you're... You're obviously able to score goals, and it'd be nice to be tested against uh, someone the quality of, of Kingsway. And then you've got in the other matchup, um, Forestfield and um, Western Knights. So basically, you're looking at what most people would be saying would be in the top four or five. Those, those four clubs. Yeah, you would think so. But I mean, uh, it's, it's hard to really judge. I suppose in the night series at the end of the day, it's pre-season. Um, mm. Some people, some teams might. Use it differently to, to other teams. I'm not too sure, but certainly for us, it's just been about a process of us, you know, getting used to each other uh, as you know, players and coaches and personnel uh, to be able to get used to the style of play and things like that. So, um, yeah, I would expect in the coming weeks that we'll start to get better and better as, as we certainly have done throughout preseason so far. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was speaking to someone the other day, and I don't think the, the 
winner of the Night Series hasn't won the league in a very long time, so if that's going to be a jinx, someone else can have it. <laughs> it, seems, it seems to be the way we divvy one. I mean, uh, Forestfield won it last year and, and won it very well, and then uh, yeah. the, the, their start to the season was horrible, and they never really recovered from that um, throughout the season. So, um, yeah, it can be a curse. It just depends on, on how the, the team reacts after it. And I think Florida had the same in the NPL a couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. After winning it, they had a, a horrible start to the season. So whilst it's nice to pick up a bit of silverware, as you said, it's not the be-all and end-all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I mean, you know, you, you play games of football, you want to win games of football. Um, if the trophy's on offer at the end of the day when it would be nice to win it. Um, but I mean, our... Our whole ambition before we even saw the night series through pre-season was to make sure that it was a process for us, a process of understanding that, you know, what we want to achieve on the pitch and how we want to play. Um, and that, that's probably the biggest thing for us in pre-season. But, I mean, as, if we can perform today to, to the levels that I know that we can perform to, uh, you know, if we win today, we get through to the final, if we win the final, great. And then it's up to us to, to back it up through the season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as I said, it's just, Another, it's another ninety minutes in the legs kind of thing for us. Um, but, but yeah, we, it's good to it's good to play these like kind of sides um, at this stage of preseason with a few weeks before the season starts for sure. And what's your impression of the uh, Fremantle youth uh, uh, policy there? Have they done a, a great job in bringing up some of the local kids there? Yeah, I was just watching the um, the under 18s Actually, it was a very young side, but it's a very good side. Um, I think the academy setup is quite impressive. To be honest, uh, obviously Dom's a TD overlooking a lot of the things with that uh, and yeah the you know I, I come to training on a Tuesday and the amount of the kids down here um, training uh, you know even on the main pitch and all the other pitches that we have it, it's quite impressive to be honest so um, I believe I just heard I think uh, just before that I believe our under 15s are all under 14 so the development process um, it seems to be very impressive down here uh, so, so yeah I think Dom's done a wonderful job with the few years that he's been involved with Fremantle and how does that translate into the first team? I know you said you've only got three players left from last year, um, but have any of those players come up through the ranks, through the, the 18s and resis? Because I've, I've watched their 18s and resis over the last three years, and I've I mean, imagine that there's been some kids there that would have gravitated upwards. Um, our recruitment's actually, it's actually quite interesting because I think half of the recruitment that we've done for the first team is actually players that have actually been Fremantle juniors. Um, so it's so there's a few nice stories involved. Um, you know, Sam McKinnon was here for, I believe, six years, won six league titles with his junior years, and then went off to Perth Glory. Um, obviously, I took him to, to Rockingham, and then he's come back to, to Fremantle. So, and and that's, that's one of many stories, to be honest. I think Jordan Pockler, uh, Shaden, Abias, and maybe one or two other ones, they've all played junior football here at Fremantle previously. Um, so, so, yeah, there's... there's there's been a big kind of drive for, I guess, local talent and players that you know have, have played here before. Um, you know, if we want good people as well as good players, and if they've got a background with this club, that means they might give us that little bit more on the park. So, um, so yeah, the, the the in-house recruitment, the in-house kind of development is quite important for this club. Oh, I think it's vitally important for any club. It's just that sure. you know, some some will go away to programs like the Glory. Um, what the glory offer is far and above what most um, community clubs can can afford to do. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's, it's good to see them, them going away. And then if that, that dream doesn't come true, they're not walking away from the game. They still love it and then go back to the clubs that they had. And I think when you look at the, the players that have gone through 
the Glory Academy, who at the end of playing the 21s have not got a contract professionally but have fallen back into the State League, makes the State League stronger? Oh, of course. Uh, you know, I think even some of the teams that you've rolled off just before in Division 1, I think it'll be a very competitive league. Uh, you know, and even um, obviously looking through from my time at Perth Glory, I've obviously noticed that there's a few teams that are, sorry, a few players that have left the Glory system now and there's players at Perth, Michael Dompe, um, I think Luke Bogdan's there now, you've got Zaid Farrar, Red Bayswater, you know, they're riddled through the, the MPL as well now. Um, so, if they're going to get that development at such, you know, with such good resources and, and facilities at Perth Glory and then come back into the game, the state game, through, you know, other MPL and state league clubs, and it's obviously, as you said, it's going to benefit the competition as a whole. Now, the first division, um, people come into it thinking it's a lesser competition. I think it's it's grown stronger over the last few years. Um, the clubs we've mentioned, you know, Forestfield, Kingsway um, and Knights have always been, in the last couple of years, the, the, in the top four or five. Who else do you see as being contenders within within that group? Um, I think you can't really write off Sterling. I think they were probably disappointed with their own performance last week. The, the, you know, they've just been relegated from the MPO, so I'm sure they're going to be fighting tooth and nail to, to get straight back into it kind of thing. Uh, Quinns, when we played them, uh, you know, solid. They'll be difficult to break down. I think when we played them, they had a few players missing. Um, so I think they'll be a lot stronger when the season comes through. Um, yeah, I mean, as you say, there's, there's a number of clubs, really. It's, it's just a super competitive league. And at the end of the day, I think you've got to make sure that within your own team that you're performing to the levels that you can perform to to try and win. Um, that's probably the biggest thing through throughout Division 1 because um, I think there's a lot of teams that will take a whole lot of points off each other kind of thing throughout this season. So, yeah, I think it'll be a very competitive, interesting league. Yeah, as it was last year, and I think there was three points separating the top four or five. So, mm. you know, as you said, they all steal points off each other and it's just about who can be the, the most consistent side. Um, so, I think, you know, the... Over the last few years, since the NPL's been in, the, the State League has got stronger and stronger. Yeah, I believe so. I think that's down to a lot of the players, obviously, that have been signed into the State League Division 1. Um, you know, I think not just ourselves, but there's a few other teams have signed players that have played NPL uh, this season that are now going to be obviously playing in Division 1. So, you know, it, if you bring better quality players in, into the league, it's obviously going to naturally make the, the, the league stronger. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I know from ourselves and I believe Western Knights and a few other teams have signed some MPL players. So, so yeah, I think it'll be, a, it'll be a very hard, difficult league. But, you know, that's part of football. You need them challenges to, to progress and get better. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Oh, definitely. Now, talking about consistency and strong sides and, and the players that they brought in, um, somewhere dear to your heart is uh, Liverpool FC. Um, <laughs> are you still grinning? <laughs> uh, it's hard enough at the moment. <laughs> Uh, they're going very well. Um, you know, they're, what, 22 points ahead. Um, do you see them throwing it away from here? I mean, there's th- another Stevie G moment against Leicester? Or? <laughs> I think there'll be, a, there'll be a need to be a Stevie G moment for that to happen, I think. No, I think they what, need four games to win the league, you know. Um, I guess, yeah. you, you never say never in football, but... If it does happen, I think it'll be the most Liverpool thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very nicely put, Cam. But great, great time to be a fan of Liverpool, I imagine. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I was speaking to someone the other day. It's probably the worst time 
to be a Manchester United or an Everton fan. Um, <laughs> but but you've got to take uh, you know your hat off to, to Liverpool the way that they've done things off the park, and then obviously the the hiring of Jurgen Klopp. Uh, yeah, they've obviously put a, lin- a lot into it um, on and off the park, and they're reaping the rewards. So um, yeah, uh, I guess unless you're a United or a City or an Everton fan, you probably won't agree. But you know, the, I think you got to give a little bit of credit where credit's due. Yeah, so as a coach, what do you take away from Mr. Klopp, uh, Cam? That I mean, not everyone can be a Klopp, but everyone can learn <laughs> from, from a Klopp. Yeah. So what what is it about his coaching style that you actually embrace and uh, and try to uh, bring into your your uh, repertoire? I think a lot of it's just kind of the the organisation, uh, you know, not just yeah. the way that he sets his team up, but just how organised they are with with every aspect of the game. Um, I think it's quite important, obviously, that all your players understand what they're supposed to be doing in in certain scenarios and things like that, and. Um, you know, I think Liverpool this year they've they've had an answer for every question that's been thrown at them so far, domestically or in the league anyway. Um, so I think the organisation is the biggest thing, and you know, probably the passion, the passion that he shows for for a club that's probably not really his in terms of being a local person. Uh, you, know, you you can't deny how passionate he is for football and, and for Liverpool at the moment, and um, you know that's. Even through my time at Rockingham, that was a big thing for me in trying to be successful. You know, I grew up the club. Um, you know, I started playing football when I was ten years old at Rockingham City, and to be able to, to win a league and to get promoted to the NPL, you know, as a Rockingham first team coach, on the back of all that, it was it meant a lot to me. So yeah, I think the passion, the passion's a big thing. Um, yeah. So. Brilliant. And before we go, what what's your relationship with with Rockingham? Been a bit of banter over the last few months uh, about you moving over and players moving over um your relationship with them still good As, yeah i mean from what i know it is uh, you know some people might say things differently to other people i don't know but you know i still talk to some of the players and some of the people involved in there and you know i can only wish them all the best for this season yeah. um, and i hope they do really well so um whether that's you know, uh, reciprocated the other way. I'm not too sure, but um, but yeah, man. As I say, you know, I grew up the club, and I can only wish them all the success in the world, and I hope they uh, stay in the NPL. Yeah, absolutely. No, look, you did a fantastic job with them, and I just hope that doesn't get lost in the noise. Um, you talk about Klopp not being a, a native Liverpudlian and having the passion for Liverpool. Um, you know, there's there's a parody there with yourself uh, now over at Fremantle. So I think you know. You, you sound like you're reinvigorated and born again. And uh, best of luck for the season ahead, Cam. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, good luck, Cam. Thank you, guys. Cheers. See ya. See ya. <clears throat> so, Cam Lord, um, doing great things out there at Rocky. And, um, yeah, he's... Um, I think, you know, people get passionate about the game and sometimes they, they lose the um, sight of what their history was. Yeah. Yeah, certainly true, uh, Sean. But um, he's one man that um, you know. It's interesting to hear that you know he he um, was looking at taking time out, and uh, after after a year of uh, let's call it, uh, it would have been a tough year uh, finishing a ma- uh, what was it a doctorate or a master's degree, master's degree as well you? as well as the pressures of you know uh, getting a. a you well, know, keeping a team, keeping you, a team in the NPL. That's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that was enough to make a, a young man old overnight. Mm. But um, yeah, then, then he goes and um, he, he was going to take a sabbatical, and then he got what you'd have to consider an offer too good to refuse. 
at Fremantle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think yeah, when you look at it, we talked earlier on about um, Tony Sage and, and how his time at Glory mm. is probably at the cusp of it now. And he, you know, whether he he wants to stay on his chairman, it should be should he stay on his chair. Mm. Um, it's the same with with coaches and and managers and everything else. That there is a time span for them, and and the, you don't know when it is until it happens. Yep. And obviously, Cam had got to a point with Rocky where it just wasn't he just wasn't feeling the love anymore. Yep. That's it. Yep. And then you know, along comes Frio, and all of a sudden you go, "No, that sounds interesting." And he's look. I, I think he's. Um, I'm not going to say whether it's right, wrong. You yeah. make your decisions and you live and uh, and die by him. But I think he's really uh, come into a place where uh, he's going to have a totally different uh, approach to things this year, which will mm. be. And and look, that league, that league is just so competitive. You know, I mean, he mentioned Sterling, and I and I can't. I can only see Sterling wanting to bounce straight back up, and yeah. that, and we all know how hard that is to do. Right, once you go down. It's getting back out of that league. Subiaco, Jungle Up. It can take years. Mandra. But the bigger clubs, the ones with infrastructure and all that sort of, you know, call it history of um, being a top flight club, they're going to be uh, throwing everything at it. Um, Yeah. Let alone the boys who are already there wanting to get out of it. (laughs) One of the things I say about Divi 1 is, you know, in Divi 1, you don't play for promotion. You play not to be relegated. Yep. And that's. That's the hardest part because the one thing is absolutely certain in that league mm. is someone's getting relegated. Yeah, that's it. Um, and it's it's not it's not an easy league to live in. No. And when you look at teams like Mandra, a very good quality uh, side over the years. Um, last year were I think no the year before last were playing off against relegation. Dianella got relegated. Um, you know, June Lup struggled last year when they came down. Yep. Um, Subi struggled when they came down. We've got Sterling down. You know, um, Ashfield, Knights, um, Kingsway, Fremantle, um, all have been in, in the, the top flight at some stage. Mm. And Mandra have been in the top flight. June Lup been in the top flight. You know, I think the only team that hasn't actually played in the top flight in that league will be Quinns. Yeah. That's it. The new, new kids and they the certainly want to be there. Of course they do. And and they're a growing football area. Yeah. Um, and they've got a very good coach. Very well coached and very strong in, in youth. So interesting times ahead for Div 1. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Also interesting times for the A-League. I see the new, um, was it, CEO of the A-League was yeah. talking about changes to the A-League structure, getting rid of the salary cap. Um, allowing more imports and... All makes sense to me. And introducing a transfer market, which well, I, we've said for ages. I've, I know has I've, to happen. Has I've to said happen. this for a long time. Yeah. Has to happen. Yep. It's what will drive the clubs yep. to to um, to develop the players. I mean, at the moment, you've got clubs like ECU mm. who've done a very good job of developing youth players and mm. they go... And if they go to the A-League, you don't get anything back. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the second division, if the second division is coming in, mm. um, even $20,000 for the development of a player going back to a small club or, let's say, a small club, a, a decent club like Forestfield, is a massive input into their budget. And you get four or five players a year, hundred grand is... You know, it, it shows that development pays. Absolutely. And then, then but, but you have to have that. 
there's a real reason aspect. to develop. Yeah, Correct. if you don't have yeah. that monetary uh, aspect, what, what's the point? That's what drives the engine. Exactly. Yeah, and I, you know, I've long been a, a proponent of us having a transfer market. It doesn't have to be millions. Mm. But, you know, when you look at the players, the glory have lost, um, you know, even this year when you yep. look at Walter Scott going to Wellington, yep. if we could have sold him to Wellington, that would have been... Yeah, something towards um, Perth Glory maybe having their own home or whatever, you know, because at the moment, like, they are the football gypsies yep. um, going from place to place. Oh, absolutely. You know? So they need to have a base. But if you think of all the players that have gone in the time that Tony Sage has been there, yeah. if there had been a transfer market, maybe mm. he wouldn't have lost anywhere near the sort of money he's lost. Correct. Correct. You know, and that's yeah. we're, we're reliant on people like him to keep putting their hand in the pocket to fund a game that should be funding itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's what drives the economy in uh, Europe yep. and the rest of the world. And we seem to be so... Against it. Against it, that's yeah. right. Yep. I think we're, we're still, our, our code in Australia is still trying to find its way. And that's where the the new board, I'm, like I keep saying, we had a chat with a good friend from uh, Melbourne who, who was a referee, who's an ex-West Australian, who loves the glories and now a victory supporter because he's living over there and, and he's got into the, you know, the razzmatazz and all mm. that. But he spoke about how um, WA is a unique state for football we have the tyranny of distance and we've spoken about yep. this before where um we've we've just chatted how hard it is for clubs here to keep good players because mm. the eastern states will always be a better market yep. in terms of more money yeah um how do we keep them here um you know having um you know the a-league clubs playing in our league what benefit does it give to our local football apart mm. from that A League club's benefit. It's all, yeah. you know, structured around what's good for that A League club. I agree. And and f- if Football West should be an organisation that represents the best interests for our local volunteer clubs, not a private. As much as Perth Glory is an important cog in the wheel, that's not who Football West should be representing and working no, for. No, no, because they don't pay. Okay, sorry, I'd take it back. They do pay their way with registrations and yep. fees and that sort of stuff. But the, the whole structure of... Uh, uh, but the majority of footballers in this state... They're all playing... Play outside of the glory. Outside of the glory. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to look after the majority mm. as much as the minority is important. But you, the thing is, if you've got good clubs outside of the glory producing good players yep. who do get picked off by the glory, yep. who who actually do a transfer... Mm. With a financial inducement yes. for the club, yeah, a reward. Then, then that's a reward. Training and, and development reward. Exactly, yes. and then that business builds us. Now they may sell them on to someone bigger for more money, and and the, that's but that's how the wheel works. That's how the wheel works, and yeah. the, the trailer continues back to the club of origin. All right, we shall continue this after the break. Um, I'm going to get Sarge Singh on now from the E League. The so Sarge. The Sarge. Back after these. Are you considering data and software development? From a simple website to custom office automation software, phone Andy at Dataplats on 0414 263 938. That's 0414 263 938. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix make and secure your gates and fences friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part gate and fence hardware wa 
station sponsor. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Well, that's live radio for you. I've just been trying to get hold of Sarge, um, and it's quite interesting. He's actually involved in a, a qualifier at the moment, which is quite interesting. So I will try him again in a couple of minutes. But he, He's playing live as we speak, is, is it, Sean? Is he's he is, game, yeah. Is I mean, look, the, the E-League has been a, a... We talk about the, the engagement in the game yep. and the popularity of the game and how the crowds in the A-League are suffering. It's not that story in the E-League. The E-League is completely different. Well, uh, the E-League has taken off. It's, it's got a real audience. Um, and it's, no, it's a real thing. It's engaging with the kids. And, you know, um, it's, a, it's a, a completely alien to me as well. I, just, <laughs> I don't get it. But So, so for, for the old people like me out there, Sean, yeah. g- give them a little bit of um, a clue as to where they would find this and how they would view it and, um, and who's in the league, how many teams are in the league. Oh, well, every A-League team is, is represented, is represented okay. in the E-League. So yep. there's, there's a whole um, range of, of players in there. Yep. I mean, we've been in the um, E-League now for a few years. Yep. Um, this year, the Glorious signed two players. We had uh, two local boys last year, but they've signed Sarge Singh and Dylan Gomez this year um, to play in the FIFA E-World Cup. Oh, the um, sorry, the the E League here. Yep. Now the E League here is is a qualifying competition for the World E League Cup. So there's a there's this, this is a worldwide competition. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan Gomez is the brother of Marcus Marcus Gomez, who is um, probably one of the best exponents of the electronic game in in this country. Mm. Who's a, actually a professional games player, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, this this is his little brother. He's he signed for us. There's two four formats. There's a game with the PS4, and then there's a game on the Xbox. Mm. So the both platforms that are both popular out there with with the kids yep. um, are represented. The the game itself is um, FIFA. Um, I can't remember what one is now. I'll check it anyway. So there is a, there's a one one of the FIFA interactive games. So that they're, they're playing that they choose fantasy teams. So they have to have an E League player from that yep. club like um, Castro yep. or, or Ready in Goal. So is it played in a in a theatre or a stadium? Yes, or there is actually. There, there's the audience gets to watch it and cheer for their team and that the, sort of stuff. They do. They've changed yeah. the format this year. Last year it was held every Thursday night, and they used to fly players into Sydney to play the games. Yep. This year they've spread it over two two lots of of days. So the the last one was played um, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and next week is on the 7th of March is the second round. So the first round was played in the ESL studios in Sydney mm. and what they did is they played rounds one to six mm-hmm. in, the, in there and it's a, an audience in there. So you've got um, all the A-League games from, from round one to round six are duplicated and then next week, which will be held in the, um, the Fortress in Melbourne, which is a purpose-built gaming venue. <laughs> it's built purely so that people can go there and watch these guys playing these... Um, the Fortress. Yeah, the Fortress. Um, <laughs> and next week will be the, the, the next round, which will be from round 7 to 11, and then from that the finals will play out. Yep. So, you know, we, it's, it is a growing market, and these kids just absolutely love it. <laughs> um, 
But the, the major point of this is that the winner of this competition will qualify for the FIFA E-World Cup, right. which in itself is a huge thing. Well. You know, and I imagine you would have sold young, a young Dean off for spending time <laughs> in the dark playing on these games. but With, with all these mates. Yeah. yeah. And so it's never, it's never going to go anywhere. Yeah. These guys are becoming professionals in their own right. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and not not just in this game, but in other in yeah. other games as well. So the, you know, when you look at the the um, the populars of Fort, uh, not Fort, uh, Fortnite yeah. um, and things like that, this is where it's it's driving those markets. So the kids are into this stuff, um, and it's it's accessible. So you know, you can watch a, a Dylan Gomez or a Sarge uh, Singh playing on the PS4, and you can try the moves that they're trying. Yep, um, you can try and play against your mates and, and emulate what they're doing. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's real, you know. For, for these kids, it is a real thing. So is there prize money attached? What are, what are they playing for? There is prize money attached, mm. yeah. Um, it doesn't actually say how much money there is, and it's probably rude to ask people, but, you know, yep. each high end like club is represented. They have two representatives, one on the Xbox and, and one on the PS4. Yep. Um, and each club will play against every other club once over 11 rounds. So there's, there's the two event days. Yeah. The points during the regular season will be calculated based on the aggregate result on the two consoles. Um, and then that will determine the E-League premiers. The individual console re- results are then tied up. So you'll get the, the, best, um, the best two Xbox players and, and the two best PS4 players. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they'll play off. Um, and they get points that put them into the the world um, world market. Right. So next Saturday's games are Perth Glory versus Western Sydney, Wellington Phoenix versus Perth Glory, um, Perth Glory Adelaide, Western Knights against Perth Glory, and Brisbane Roar against Perth Glory. It's all watchable on Fox or through a um, app called Twitch where it's live streamed. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of razzmatazz in this. There's a lot of <laughs> stuff going on in the background. Um, most of these players are real characters. Um, we've had a couple, and Peter Sasanus, who I talked to a couple of seasons back, was with uh, Perth Glory. He's now Melbourne City's player. But, um, you know, they work. They do a lot of work on the character of these players and um, what they actually do. So there's there's when they walk onto the park and all that sort of stuff, yeah. it's uh, it's massive. Huge. Yeah, and when you look at Sydney, I mean, Sydney have got uh, two players, Marco and Jamie. I think Marco is another one who's just um, phenomenal in, in the electronic gaming world, mm. um, absolute star. Wow. So, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a very interesting concept. And as it's, I said, whilst the A-League crowds are falling, this is falling, yep. you can pick up tickets to, yep. to go to the games. Mm. So it is very much about a live audience and, and participation. Mm. Um, but, yeah, for the kids, it's, it's something that they can do. And, you know, most kids I know are very, very good at playing FIFA. Even the ones who can't play football um, at a high standard can play FIFA at a high standard. Wow. Yep, it's another world, Sean. Um, While we're uh, letting the listeners know what's on tonight, uh, for anyone who wants a touch of football besides watching Glory this afternoon against the Newcastle Jets, uh, tonight 
The night series semi-finals are in full swing as we've spoken to all our boys. A reminder of what game times uh, are happening at Wanneroo Reserve. The uh, the State League uh, semis are Olympic Kingsway, of course, with Fremantle City at 5 o'clock. And then at 7 o'clock, another tasty fixture where Western Knights take on Graham Norrington's Forestfield United FC. Uh, that, that should be a crackerjack game, but um, for the... NPL followers uh, down at Frank Drago Reserve. Perth Soccer Club taking on Perth Glory. Now, everyone keeps telling me that this Perth Glory team for this year is just riddled with talent and they're going to take everything that's presented in front of them. So, and that's coming from some astute people out there who've observed the um, the squad, the talent and uh, the abilities. So, you know... I'm it has gradually got better though, hasn't it? it? Has, I mean, when they it first has. came into yeah. the league, they were the whipping boys. Now yeah. as, they're, as they're getting older, they're... Yep. They're holding their own and yeah. they've done really well. You know, you've got Richard Garcia there teaching them, you know, that's, um, how to win games rather than, you know, just, um, as they say, learning processes. Um, it's it's important to be knowing how to how to get victory in tough contests. So uh, that game, uh, Perth and Perth Glory, is at five o'clock and uh, followed up by the much-awaited uh, encounter between the new... Uh, what I'll call the, 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 the most ambitious team in the NPL because they have definitely got that about them and uh, and also the uh, team that's just been fairly steady uh, over the last three years and pretty much become Night Series specialists uh, looking to win their third in a row in Florida Athena. So that um, game at Frank Drago kicks off at 7 o'clock. All roads lead to Frank Drago tonight for um, a feast of football or the Wanneroo City uh uh, complex down in Wanneroo there so uh, that's the games there tonight Sean and, uh, and I believe you've got someone on the line. I do joining us on the line now is one of the Perth Glory's latest signings in Sarge Singh. Good morning Sarge, how are you? Hey yeah I'm good thanks how are you? Good, so, sorry to interrupt your gaming there um, <laughs> That's right. So what was that qualifying for? Uh, so that one was qualifying for Bucharest, it's still the group stages yeah. That was my first game, so... Um, Did yeah, you have a win? Up. Got the win. Yes. Yeah, I got the win. I was just about to say, I got the win, so happy days. <laughs> so, so um, we've just been talking about the, the A-League, and, and ju- or the E-League rather, and just about how exciting it is and how it's connecting with the kids. What's, what's your take on it? Yeah, so the E-League has been going on for about uh, three years now, and um, I think this new generation coming up, and I'm a slightly older guy coming to gaming myself, I'm 27, and um, they're really into the, ga- the video games and whatnot, and uh, I think it's it's really bringing them together and noticing about the A-League players and, and what they can do other than just uh, the usual studies. There's another avenue to go into as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really good, and it's, it's bringing a lot of hype with it as well. So um, hopefully we can keep it going, start with the grassroots and, uh, and see where it goes. And your your other teammate compatriot is um, Dylan Gomez, who's the, yeah. the the less famous of the two Gomez brothers. But <laughs> as, as little brothers go, they normally surpass their their um, older siblings. Yeah, yeah, they they usually do, and um, I'm I'm good friends with his older brother Marcus. We've competed for many years, four years now, and um, and yeah, look, Dylan's a really good player. I think uh, he has the abilities. Leave is eighteen, turning nineteen next yep, year. So yep. um, he's got a he's got a long future ahead of him. And you know, with Marcus as your brother, he's going to teach you a lot. So, 
how how did you get into the the gaming world? You know, you, obviously your mum and dad have said it will lead nowhere, and look at you now. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, I was, actually, my mum was a bit taken back that I was actually going to travel uh, back home for my first event back to Canada. So um, she was a bit taken back by that. But I guess it just started with um, just playing a game after school, you know, as you do, and you just there's leaderboards and you play and you play and you play, you get better and better and then, you know, you get this email from EA Sports to fly over and, and off you go. I guess that's how it works. But now there's a lot more, um, a lot more avenues for people to go in. There's a lot more, uh, I guess, teams willing to sign you such as Perth and so on in the A-League and, and, ab- and abroad as well. So, um, yeah, that's how you start. Yeah, and so you actually make a living out of this? You, you know, um, so for, for me personally, I don't make a living out of this. I, I work another job as well. This is just something on top. I, I kind of like combining the both, uh, incomes that I do get from playing video games and my job as well. But, um, a lot of players do, you know, Marcus Gomes does this full time. Uh, Footless Jamie, who plays for Sydney, does a full time. Marco as well, same team. Um, so it's definitely an avenue you can do, but you ha- you're going to have to work hard at it. And um, if there's any advice I can give, give for younger guys, is uh, stay in school, study, get get uh, get that piece of paper, and uh, do this on the side and see where it goes. And be good to your mum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be good to your mum. <laughs> so, um, how did it, you end up coming to the glory? Because um, not your first rotation in the E League, is it? Yeah, no. Um, so I started off at. Melbourne Victory uh, with uh, Moses Webb and um, and they were they were uh, kind enough to give me my my first gig in the E League and then um, I just so Mo wanted to play on Xbox right and and the yeah. way the E League works is you have one Xbox player one PlayStation player so and I'm on Xbox this year as well so I had to move yeah and um, and I was looking for a team, and I talked to Dylan. I was Dylan, you know, me and you can make a super team up in Perth if we if we got the right contacts in, and uh, and here we are. We're trying to trying to take down some silverware. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting thing. You say you're the Xbox player. Do you, do you cross platforms, or you know, do you, or is it too difficult um, to to play on both? Um. So I came from PlayStation last year to Xbox. Yeah. It's pretty difficult the way the qualifying system is to play on both because both the qualifiers are on the same day yeah so you you kind of have to pick one but um it's not difficult to go in between them as like i can go back to playstation and play that if i wanted to and still be uh, just as good if, if not better because that's my home console yeah so um it's definitely not a, a, a issue with you know, different consoles being better or anything like that, no. And the, the major change in the format, how's that for a player? Because last year you'd play every week and you're only playing the one game. Now you're playing yep. six six games in one day. Is, is For yeah, a, a player, is that a much better option? So that, that's six or five in, in one day. And that, yep. that's usually how the global tournaments go when you go overseas and play internationally. Um, that's usually how they do it as well. Yeah. Um, I will I will say that... that the timing of it is a, is a bit not gamer friendly. I don't know if you caught it at all. It was about 10, 10 a.m. Sydney yep. time, so that that was that took us back a bit. You know, not many of us are awake at that time, so uh, <laughs> you know that that was that was a bit bad. But I think the format in general is is, is very good. I, I would like to see like a best of 
best of two, so you play two games. Yeah. Two two games each match. So say I play Sydney, I'll best Sydney guy twice, yeah. not just once. Because I, I I think one time you can get a bit lucky and lose, lose that game. You know, hit the post or whatnot. Yeah. So um yeah, but general overall, it's it's a lot better not travelling. You know. Nine weeks, you know, two months, <laughs> just going to play some pizza. Absolutely. I'm just surprised that with the car- curtains drawn and the Xbox on, you know what time it is outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> as a, a spectator as sport as well, because uh, obviously the, the ESL studios in Sydney aren't purpose-built, but the Fortress in Melbourne is. Um, for a mm-hmm. spectator, it's a, it's a much better option. Yeah, I think I think so. It's a, it's a lot better option. Um, obviously, the ESL we had uh, people there, but um, it can't hold you know like the fortress can. I haven't been to the fortress. I've seen pictures of it and whatnot. I still think it's been built. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong, I still the final touch. Well, I hope not because you're there next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, no, we're not there next week. We're in ESL next week. Okay. We're there for the finals in May. Okay. So, um, yeah, so next week's match day two. The match day three, we're in. Uh, the portraits there but um but yeah so as a spectator sport it's 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 pretty good you know and i think it'll get better and better the more the more teams get involved the more the uh the a-league fans get involved and and whatnot and vice versa the other way around as well so hopefully we can get get it pretty big absolutely no look it's growing and i know there's there's a huge fan base out there for it um from a player's Mm -hmm. perspective now that it's um the e-league is now a legitimate pathway into the fifa e-world cup has has that really fired up some people yeah yeah so um at the moment we last year we got 200 global points and the way it works these points uh, uh matter a lot the top 64 get to go to the uh the world cup as you said and um, this year we get 400 points, which is uh, which is a hell of a lot of points. So if anyone wants to get that, they're straight into the World Cup in that top 64 spot. So, um, yeah, a lot of people are vying for it. You know, people that who maybe are on the fringes a bit are really gearing hard for it. And, uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see come final. Absolutely. Now, um, you're sitting currently eighth in the table, which for a new pairing is not that bad. And, you know, you're, you're carrying the kids, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, you're doing okay. You've got some some good games coming up in the in the next round. Um, you're hopeful of improving your league position. Yeah, I, I, I think we've burst the bottom half of the table more so or not I mean, in three of the uh, in three or four of the games that we've got going on. So I, I, I'm confident that um, we can get close to maximum points. I want to say close to maximum. Yeah, you know, one or two draws here or there, maybe. But um, I think. The focus will be on uh, just getting Dylan Marcus's brother uh, head right for the game because first the first game I remember my first game in season two it was uh, quite difficult jaunting you know you got the, sh- the shakes and everything else and I had the benefit of that being nine weeks so that one game was out of the way but he had to play uh, five games on that first day so um, I think second match day he'll come good and he'll, he'll show exactly what he can do. Yeah, look, he's an exciting prospect, and I think you know. I, I hope to speak with him in the next couple of weeks, and and just uh, you know get to know the guy because I think he's he's a good prospect for the future. So, um, thank you very much for your time, Dylan. Uh, sorry, uh, Sarge. Where did Sarge come from? Why Sarge? <laughs> um, so, so Sarge came from actually my mother. So my mother used to call me Sergeant, which in in our language means like. Uh, 
like um, leader. Lo- like no, well, <laughs> like love son, like sort of uh, like that. oh yeah, uh, yeah. So she called me that, and then you know when I went to high school and whatnot, they just uh, shortened it to Sarge, and and that's my game tag. So, <laughs> that's so yeah, good. so thanks, mum. I guess. Yeah, no, that's what I love about the E League. It's it's just more about. The, the player in the game. Uh, there's a lot of work now on on your your, your profiles, your tags, um, your, yeah. your your entry into the the stadium. They they're really making it into something. So I think it's, it's brilliant, um, great prospect, mm-hmm. and, and anything that advertises this game and shows that the the game itself can be enjoyed at so many different levels. Mm. Um, you know, it's all part of the rich pageantry that makes football what it is. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree, 100%. And um, hopefully we can see it grow and grow and, and get somewhere big enough that we can fill out stadiums as well. Absolutely. All right, well, thank you very much for your time, Sarge. I'm sure we'll speak again. Thanks, mate. Good luck, Sarge. All right, thanks, mate. Cheers. See ya. Thank you. Hey, Sean, how could I go without telling all our listeners out there about the Women's Night Series semi-finals. I, mean, I don't know. How could I? How could you, Don? How, how could, you could I? Think and about especially it. when mum's playing. I mean, you know, mum will never forgive me. <laughs> Murdoch University, Melville are playing Hyundai NTC at Dorian Gardens, 5pm on Sunday, followed by Fremantle City taking on the Northern Redbacks at Dorian Gardens at 7pm. Two magnificent fixtures there. So get down Sunday night after you've had enough of tonight's football. Get down there tomorrow night and watch the lovely ladies go hammer and tong. Absolutely. Now, this weekend, big weekend in Fremantle with Canyon oh, Highways the, becoming the Highway to the Hell. Highway to Hell. Um, bon Scott's so, 40th anniversary of his death. Have you got a song picked out for I've you, Sean? I've got one picked out for yeah. us. So I'm going to forego our normal outro and going to play uh, one of my favourites from, from the best band in the world so, as a tribute. So thank you very much. Headbang away, this, listeners. This, this has been the World <laughs> Football Program. We'll be back next week.